Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. This is going to be a fantastic one. I actually haven't talked about this subject in quite a while. So if you are interested in reincarnation, maybe you believe in it and want to learn more, or maybe you're very skeptical and you don't believe that we just keep coming back, that once we're dead, we're dead. I think my guest might change your mind. I would like to welcome you to meet Andy Myers. He is a psychic medium inspirational speaker, life coach, and best-selling author author of multiple award-winning books. He made hundreds of appearances on popular radio stations nationwide and is one of the most respected psychic mediums in the country. Andy is known for his sincerity, humor, and remarkable insights into the spirit world. He travels often to conduct sold-out lectures in cities around the country. He has been delivering psychic readings for over a decade, and is highly regarded for his expertise in the subject of past lives and reincarnation. I have the opportunity to review his book, The Sky Diaries. It's actually uh, beautiful. This this is a picture of his daughter on the front cover. And again, it's called The Sky Diaries, A True Story of Reincarnation. So we're going to get right to it, and we are going to talk about if reincarnation actually exists and what that is and what it might look like. And Andy has some testimonials of his own personal life that he is going to be able to share that just might change your mind. So Andy, welcome to the Path Love Podcast. Thanks for having me, April. I'm happy to be here. And as you're, you know, kind of doing the introduction, it, one thing came to mind, you know, the, the saying that a lot of people uh, uh, kind of catchphrase when they say YOLO, you know, you only live once. It always makes me chuckle when people say that because I, I think to myself, well, actually, <laughs> we get multiple chances. So yeah. it's almost like Yala, you know, you always live again. That's what I think it should be. Oh, I love that. Love that. Great. Well, before we kind of get into this really fascinating topic, I would love to know just a little bit more about your background and how did you end up, you know, coming into the world of being a psychic medium? Was there any job occupation that you did prior to? And uh, how did you land here in becoming a medium and now, you know, being an author of many books? And you also have a podcast that, you know, we'll talk about later on too. So I'd love to hear your journey and the beginning of the story. Yeah. Well, the most ironic thing about being a psychic medium is I can't always predict my own future. So, you know, my you know, early on in, in childhood and, and through high school and college, it became pretty apparent in my mind, in my mind anyways, that I wanted to help other people. So in college, I, I actually got a degree in social work. So I ended up working in mental health facilities and after school programs and everything in between. And, you know, as I was in the midst of, of doing that, and I, I thought I had found my calling, well, I had a near-death experience in the fall of 2006. And it was profoundly wonderful, actually. And, you know, I, I was in contact with some loving entity or a higher power. And when I came to from that, I, I just felt different. I felt, you know, awake for the first time ever. And, and I knew that 
you know, there were some spiritual undertones to what my future was going to look like. And at that point, I, I, I really felt like my intuition was heightened because I actually began sensing and feel information about strangers. You know, I'd be at the, I'd be at the, you know, pumping gas and I, all this information was you know, popping in my head about the person next to me, or I'd be at the grocery store and the information would come to me about strangers. And of course, with my background in mental health, I, I, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm delusional. This is it. I've, I've, you know, I've lost my mind. Well, with support and, and, you know, tremendous support from family and friends, they suggested I try to verify and validate with these strangers. And to my relief, when I, when I did speak with them, it, you know, the information generally checked out and one thing led to another, and I found myself on some radio programs around the country doing mediumship live on the air, which just always interesting and, you know, kind of the rest is history, I guess. So yeah, I've been doing this psychic readings and, and mediumship readings for many years. And one of the coolest parts is just getting the chance to meet so many cool people, many of which have amazing stories, stories involving miracles and angels and the afterlife and, and. I get to meet parents and grandparents who have these, you know, three and four and five-year-old kids who have these memories of who they used to be in past lifetimes and the subject of reincarnation and past lives. It over the years, it's kind of morphed from a, from an interest to a hobby, to, you know, to a full-blown passion. And, and now I've, I've, you know, written the sky diaries, which is my, my family's life story of how we piece together clues and evidence that we have all in fact crossed paths uh, many times in multiple past lifetimes. So it's been able to answer your, your, your question with a very wordy response. Yeah, it, that's, that's my path. It's been a very winding path. We took the scenic route, I suppose, to get to where we are now, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be on the show to talk about these, these topics. Yeah, so interesting. And I can just really appreciate too, because I've been a mental health therapist for about 20 years. And when I was kind of going through my own spiritual awakening, also kind of self-diagnosing myself and being like, okay, how and who do I tell some of these experiences to without people, you know, thinking that I am experiencing some sort of thought disorder or some psychosis. <laughs> um, so I definitely appreciate that. Now, I just kind of want to go back a little bit to your NDE. I've, I've spoken to quite a few people that have been on the Path Love and Podcast that are NDEers. And I just always find it so fascinating and interesting because there really is kind of this, this theme that runs along people that have had this experience. And many people like your experience too, it's like you come back with this heightened perception, maybe even a little bit of fear being dissolved around death and intuitive abilities increasing and things like that. How, what happened with your near-death experience? What happened? Well, what people don't tell you about NDEs in the small print is the, is the funk or the depression that comes afterwards. And everyone's talking about, you know, the, the seeing God or seeing their, their version of a higher power. But, you know, when I came to from that, yeah, everything, you know, I, I kind of detached a little bit, like nothing in the world really interested me anymore, because when you stand on the doorstep of heaven and you live to tell about it. I mean, that's like, that's like seeing a 4k high def TV and then only having access to black and white images from then on. It's like, oh man, like it, it almost a part of you longs to, to be there, you know, cause you, you see and feel how beautiful it was. Long story short, I have a, a case of sleep apnea and it kind of fluctuates between moderate to, you know, 
it's, it fluctuates on that scale. I think what had happened that night in November of 20, 2006, I, I think I stopped breathing in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and through my bedroom ceiling, you know, I, there was a hole in my ceiling and I had a, a vision of the universe, you know, glowing stars and nebula. It was just the most beautiful. I mean, there's no words to describe the colors that I was seeing. And, you know, I floated up this, this higher presence was telling me if I wanted to be reunited with my departed loved ones and have the answers to, to all my questions, all I needed to do was to float into the universe. And I did, I felt my spirit detached from my body. I was floating up and right, right as I was on the verge of floating past my ceiling, I had a change of heart. And I told this higher power that I wasn't ready to go after all that I had some, some big purpose that I needed to accomplish. And I had, and most importantly, I still had a lot of people to help. And at the time I I didn't know how or why, but my wish was granted. My, my spirit body slammed back into my physical body. I, I awoke with like gasping for air and yeah. And little did I know at the time, I had no idea at the time it would lead me down the path to, to be an author and psychic medium. And, and that's one of, gosh, one of, a hundred crazy events in the sky diaries, but that's kind of where my spiritual journey began. And from then on it, it, believe it or not, it gets more and more bizarre. (laughs) So, but yeah, near death experiences are are powerful. I'm just, you know, that's a pretty tame version. What I went through compared to, you know, these other cases of people almost passing in a car accident and things like that. But overall, I think mine was a, a good experience and it, it, like I said, it heightened my intuition and I, I, I already believed in an afterlife, but you know, up until then, and still since my experience, I, I've never, I've never had the pleasure to experience something so overwhelmingly positive, you know, like the, the love, the peace, the, the euphoria that I sensed looking at the universe. It's, it's, you know, it's unlike anything I can put into words. Yeah. You know, I'm also really glad, though, that you did talk about the depression that can come in during reintegration. I remember it was the first documentary that Mike and I were making. It's called The Path Afterlife. And there was a woman who was struck by lightning and died, had a near-death experience. And, you know, we're sitting there in her living room and interviewing her. And it had happened years ago, but still the raw emotion. And she had said, you know, this is still really hard to talk about because even though I knew that I needed to come back for my children, she said, I just want to go back. She said, I just have this longing and this, this feeling, like you said, when you're kind of at that 4k high definition TV and then you go back to black and white. And, you know, we had to stop the filming for a little bit because, you know, her emotions had come and, you know, it, it was, uh, it was a really interesting just point for me, you know, in learning that and to really see the emotional struggle. Although, you know, you make that choice like, okay, I know I have to go back. I have people to help. She had her children, whatever the case may be. It was still a very palpable feeling of what she missed and just wanting to return back home is what she called it. Yeah. And that's a really good way to put it, uh, to, to go back home. You know, and even for those who haven't experienced an NDE, I've noticed that, you know, during the last couple of years, just with the the pandemic and everything else, I've spoken with countless clients of mine who are going through their own awakening, you know, like a spiritual renaissance, a, a resurgence where their newfound, you know, obsession is to become more spiritual, more centered, more intuitive. And, you know, I, and part of me is thinking like, what a weird time to have a spiritual breakthrough, you know, when the world's shut down and everything's looks like the twilight zone. But I don't know. I, I think it, 
it's kind of a wake up call at this point in time for people that, you know, even yes, we get multiple lifetimes, but still the most important one is the one that we're currently living. So why not make the best out of it, you know, and find peace, find balance, find a way to, you know, make your own little corner of the world, you know, to leave it in better shape than it was when we arrived here. So, right. you know, why not? Why not? You know, so it's refreshing to see so many people going through, um, you know, this, this rejuvenation and, you know, everyone has their own path. So everyone's experiencing it in different ways. But one commonality that I'm seeing, and you, you probably have too, April, is just people who are becoming more selective about who they're spending their time with, yeah. you know, shedding certain individuals in the perimeter of their, of their social group who maybe have been dragging them down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, when you think about everything shutting down with the pandemic, it allowed for stillness, right? And what, what do they teach the most about becoming still, you know, and meditation? It's like be still and I am there, you know, that's where you can kind of find some of those answers. So I think it makes sense that a lot of people are beginning to come into their spiritual awakening because a lot of people were forced to stop moving, to stop working, to stop, just go, 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 go. And they had to be with themselves and be with the people that they were living with. So, all right, but let's talk about reincarnation. There was this in the very beginning. I love this. I highlighted this because you were kind of talking about this whole concept of reincarnation. And is it really possible? And I had highlighted in your book, furthermore, if we only get one lifetime, right? So you're trying to say, okay, let's say there's no reincarnation. We only get one lifetime here on earth. Our souls would hardly get a chance to participate in this game's life. It's proven that Homo sapiens have been around for approximately 200,000 years. So if we only get one lifetime and we each live to be 100 years old, we would only participate in 0.0005% of human history. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. That doesn't make sense. So let's talk about reincarnation. <laughs> and I know that this is what you and I talk about this all the time, but sometimes I have to be aware that somebody who is new on their spiritual path that is just finding out about reincarnation or has not even heard of it, let's just define what is reincarnation. So how do you understand the definition of reincarnation? What does that mean? Well, first of all, I hope my math teacher from high school is listening to this because I hope they're proud of my work there. You can fact check me, but that's about the extent of my math skills right there. <laughs> it was never my best subject. Yeah. But reincarnation, as I believe it to be, is is the the truth that we not only survive death, but that we're still a conscious being afterwards and that we get the choice to come back if we want to in a different body under different circumstances. Sometimes we reincarnate into the same family tree, you know, and that's, that's when, that's when things get really interesting and really cool, but yeah, it, it only makes sense. And I have to admit, you know, as a child, I wasn't raised to believe in reincarnation. You know, I was, you know, the, the, I, I, I tried to absorb what they were teaching in church. And as I got older and older, it slowly started to make more sense. You know, we, we humans, myself included big time, we don't, we don't always get it right on the first try. You know, to to master something, whether it's walking, speaking, or juggling, you know, it takes multiple attempts, practice, patience, repetition. Mistakes are guaranteed when you're first starting out. And so scale that up to life itself. Yeah, of course we we need multiple attempts to get it right. And, and not and and perhaps it's not just about getting it right. I think the the part of the purpose of reincarnation is variety itself. 
you know, the, the chance to view life through multiple lenses, you know, to, to experience what it's like to be male and female, to be black, white, and, and every shade in between, you know, karmically to, to have the pleasure to experience what it's like, not just as the patient, but also as the doctor, you know, not just as the troublemaker, but also as the police officer, you know, to, to get the reverse side of, of every coin. And I think when you're, when we're given the chance to have that much variety, it, it suddenly feels like we're looking at life through a picture window, as opposed to if we just got one chance, it would be like looking at life through a keyhole. You know, we wouldn't be able to truly understand what it means to be human. If we, you know, me as, as a, as a white male in middle America, you no, know, like we need, we need more variety. And, and I think reincarnation grants us, grants us that gift. Yeah. So you had talked about that sometimes we reincarnate into the same family tree at times. Now I've heard the concept of soul con of soul contracts that we kind of travel in the same soul group. So it's interesting. I never thought that I maybe would have reincarnated outside of a different I think I've been traveling with my family for a long time. So just kind of want to get your thoughts about that. Like, do we really have the soul group? Are we constantly reincarnating with the same people and playing different roles? Or can we actually reincarnate into a totally different family structure? Never even thought about that. I just kind of thought I had these set couple hundred of people and, you know, we're just going to kind of keep coming back together. Yeah. And, and I guess free will grants us the ability to choose you know, to choose which option we want. I, I think it's entirely possible, you know, if we wanted to take a break from our soul group and go live a lifetime in a, in a different part of the world, we can. That being said, I think it like, it, like you were just explaining, it is more common that most of the time we kind of run around in a soul group. So it, whether it's 20 people or a hundred people, it's, it's people that are currently in your life that have been in your past lives, maybe in different capacities. You know, maybe your current spouse used to be a, a, your best friend in a past life. Or maybe a coworker that you really click with used to be your sibling in a past lifetime. But I, 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 no, nothing gives me goosebumps more than these stories that I hear, hundreds, if not thousands of examples by now over the years, that these parents and grandparents who have these young kids, usually the three or four when they start saying things like this, but children will say, they'll, they'll just out of nowhere, they'll be like, I remember when I was big and you were little and I was your parent. Okay. Or, you know, they'll say, that's not the way I did it when I was your grandpa. And we lived in that blue house down by the river and uh, we were picking apples from the tree. You know, it's like the record, you know, if this was a movie, the record scratches, the music stops. People are looking at each other like, come again. Like what? Mm -hmm. Because their past life memories, like there's no reference point. You know, that how, why would a child speak of being big before? Why would a child look at their parent and, and claim that they remember when the parent was little? Like that doesn't even make any sense, you know? And, and not only that, you know, there's, there's these children who remember past lives in such great detail that, that the information can actually be verified either through family tree, which was the case in, in my family, you know, through paperwork and documents, you can find names. But in other cases, like historical records, you know, people, there's, there's kids who you know, claim to have been like a famous playwright in Hollywood, you know, and it's one thing if you say, oh, you know, I wrote Gone with the Wind, you know, but there's a case out there of a kid who not only claims he wrote Gone with the Wind, but he can name all the family members that were in that family and when the, when the movie came out and what his nickname was and all this information that nobody would even know. And then you have other kids who remember what it's like in between lifetimes, you know, the, the whatever you choose to call that, the other side or, or home or heaven, you know, these kids who will 
speak of deceased family members as if they as if they got well acquainted with them before being born. You know, they they'll point to a like you know four year old Caden will point to a picture on the wall and be like, oh, that's that's Buck. You know, but that's Buck. His name was Bobby, but people called him Buck and. He, he liked to go fishing, you know, in, in this place in Indiana, you know, and the family's like, yeah, that's true. But you never met him because he died 10 years before you were right. born. And the kid, you know, kid shrugs his shoulders and runs off to watch cartoons, not knowing any, any difference. So it's like, what do you do? What do you do with that? Some people react with fear or skepticism or just don't even give it a second thought. But I think for the other chunk of the population, it leaves us wondering, what if, like, what if we survive death. What if we come back again? What if we come back to the same family tree? I, I view it as a blessing. It, it, it makes me excited personally. Yeah. And I have heard some of those stories, not some of the ones that you mentioned with Gone with the Wind, but I know that there were a couple that kind of made mainstream news, you know, was on the media. I think one child was that I think was claiming to be, was it Lou Gehrig? Baseball, mm. you know, and just really interesting. And I think be, when we hear it from children, adults tend to trust it a little bit more, right? Because like you said, how would they even know? How do they have this amount of information at the age that they are? We tend to be a little more skeptical maybe of adults like you and I say we do a past life regression and they say, okay, I was, I don't know, Cleopatra. I didn't have a past life right. like this, but let's just say, oh, and I am this reincarnated. And then we might be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You know? Yeah. They, but, Cause they think, oh, she just wants a gold tiara, you know? Right. <laughs> Maybe I do, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, so there's something about the innocence of hearing these stories from children that I think allow adults to be able to be a little more trusting and allows us maybe to really investigate the magic behind that and how is that there is no explanation it's you know that's pretty fascinating it's it's jaw dropping you know when it happens and and in my book you know not not to spoil the the ending of the story but when my daughter sky was you know right on the verge of 3 years old she she began having memories of who she used to be and as long as I live, I'll never forget that moment. Because, I mean, when she said what she said and I connected the dots and I realized who she was, it was somebody really, really important and influential in my life. And, and I, I just started crying. Like, I know I'm glad she didn't notice. And I, I went inside and I got her mom and I said, can you go, can you go hang out with Sky for a second? I need a moment. And she's like, oh my God, what happened? I was like, you'll never believe what she just said. And then from there, it was just this avalanche of, comments and memories just quite i mean it's it's uncanny you know mm -hmm. and one of the frequent comments that that people ask me as a as a psychic medium and not even because they're being skeptical so much as they're just curious they just want to learn more about it they'll say okay if a psychic medium can in fact speak with deceased people in heaven how is that possible because reincarnation would suggest that they're already back living another lifetime Okay. And it's, it's a really intelligent question. And I think the answer to that is because when a person crosses into the afterlife, we generally spend quite a bit of time over there before coming back again. In most cases, two, three, four, five decades, you know, there's a good chunk of time where we catch our breath, attend some parties, have some fun, catch up with, with people that we lost. And we do all that before coming back for another adventure on earth. But in some cases, uh, Oftentimes, the case of these children who remember their past lifetimes, 
sometimes the reason they do remember past lives is because there hasn't been that much time that went by since they were alive. Mm. You know, so the, you know, you'll have these rare examples of a quick turnaround where seven or 10 years later, a child reincarnates with still, still remembering who they used to be. And if the kid re reincarnates back into the same family tree, like we've talked about, then the family can sometimes connect the dots to figure out, you know, that, <laughs> that their comments in fact make sense. Yeah. When I interviewed a nuclear physicist kind of about that same question, the way that he kind of described it is that, you know, we're consciousness and that each time where we reincarnate and come here, he would call it an experience packet. So that consciousness has an experience kind of similar to something downloaded on a computer and it becomes a file, you know, yeah. and then the consciousness leaves the physical body, goes into the live between lives. And then the consciousness will reincarnate into another experience packet. So it's kind of like, even though we're here in the physical body, our consciousness is still out in the ethers, I guess you could say. Yeah. But, but the imprint of this lifetime kind of becomes information and data for an experience packet that we can access and probably what it is that you do when you are connecting with loved ones. Because it's not like their loved ones might have been gone who knows, maybe 40 years and maybe they have been reincarnated, but you're also tapping into the information of the consciousness that had that experience here on earth, not necessarily the human body that we remember. And, you know, we're talking, you know, to the father on a cloud up in the sky, somewhere, but really accessing the information of the consciousness that is always there of that person. You know, and that's, that's a really good point, April, you know, said another way, you know, it could be possible that part of our soul remains in the afterlife while the other half of our soul is down here on earth having a human experience. Right. And there's actually, you know, speaking of physics, you know, there, there is some quantum physics that actually checks out that proves that that might in fact be possible for part of our soul to be in the afterlife while part of us is here having a human experience. There was a, a documentary, I think it was called What the Bleep Do We Know? Mm -hmm. That's the name of it. But they, they go into like when science meets spirituality, and I'm going to butcher some of the terminology, so forgive me because I'm far from a nuclear physicist, but they, they did this experiment where they took a little bit of matter. I don't know if it was a, a it was a molecule or something like that, and they cut it in half and they literally kept half of the molecule in a Petri dish and controlled conditions in a lab, you know, on Earth. And they literally flew the other half of the molecule up into orbit in outer space. And what, what they found, to put it in layman's terms, is when they would wiggle the particle down here on Earth, the corresponding half in outer space would wiggle at the same time and in the exact same fashion with no lag. There was no delay. There was no, there, it was almost as if they were still connected. Right. And so, you know, how is that possible? They, they didn't have an answer as to how that's possible unless there's consciousness within that molecule and it, it was still, you know, somehow connected. So you scale that logic up to a soul level. Yeah, it might in fact be possible for us to to be both on earth and in heaven at the same time. And then you get into, are we living multiple lifetimes at the same time? And then, then I'm reaching for the Tylenol because that gives me a headache. That's like some Dr. Strange multiverse type stuff that's way beyond me. Yeah. Um, that is, it's, it's fun to, to consider all these things and and again, I, I just think the, the thought of second chances, you know, it's, it's just really beautiful how, you know, in this vast, you know, universe, you know, in our world of 8 billion souls, how 
you know, we can find people in our soul great in our soul group and come back for future adventures. I mean, that's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it, it really is. And so we don't want to give away the Sky Diaries, this book, but do you want to share some other experiences that you have had that without a shadow of a doubt, you know, either within your own family that you really know that reincarnation happens? Can you share something with us? Oh my gosh. I think the problem is that there's uh, too many examples. Uh, one actually that I, that I mentioned in my book, it's, it's a case that had to do with a child who lived, I, I believe it was on the border of Israel and Syria in a, in a, a region called a Gol, Golem Heights or Golgum Heights. But this boy, I believe he was like four years old at the time. And he kept telling his family that in his previous lifetime, he was murdered because somebody hit him in the head with an ax. Well, the family took him to where this allegedly happened because it was only like a day's travel away. And when they got there, the child took them to the spot where it supposedly happened. And sure enough, they started digging and they found they found a skeleton with a skull fracture. Oh and they God. looked back at the boy and the boy had a birthmark on his forehead in the same spot where the skull was fractured. And so they started digging more and they found an axe buried, murder weapon buried. And the boy suddenly remembered the guy's name who who did this heinous crime and authorities got involved and and long story short they they took this guy to court and convicted him of murder they had enough evidence so he was ratted out by the guy he killed because he came back i think there was a seven-year turnaround or something like that so he, wow. he he came you know so you have cases like this you also have cases of you know it's in the wheelhouse of of you know soul consciousness and cell consciousness but you have these cases of uh, uh, organ donors and org organ yeah. recipients. Sometimes an organ recipient will will take on the personality traits and even memories of the organ donor. In my book, there's a there's a case of a I believe it was a ten year old girl who received a, a heart from another girl who was murdered, and and the 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 girl with the new heart started having enough images and 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 visions and you know almost these nightmares of how it happened that they gathered enough evidence to figure out who did it and again that person was convicted so it it's you know it's in a roundabout way it kind of does prove the fact that you know reincarnation is true because it it kind of demonstrates how our physical body is basically like a computer and our soul is like the portable USB with, you know, our soul, the, the information is still intact, no matter which device you plug it into, mm -hmm. you know, so no matter which, which body you plug this data into, sometimes the information is still there from previous versions of ourselves. Right. Yeah. I've always found those stories to be really fascinating, you know, especially with the organ donors and donations. I remember hearing a story of a woman that received a heart. I think from an older man. And when she had the heart transplant, maybe it was liver transplant, not sure which organ, but she would crave certain foods that she would never eat. <laughs> and, it was, yeah. and, you know, she was connected to the family of the donor and, you know, they were able to confirm, oh yeah, you know, he loved his French fries or, you know, yeah. whatever the case may be. And that, that is interesting. And in the case of, you know, this person remembering, you know, or getting images of the murder too, it's like you wonder, it may not necessarily be the organ, but does the organ connect to the consciousness of that person? And is that consciousness communicating to the person? Because, you know, the, the organ or the heart is kind of like the GPS. De -de 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 -de. Okay, that's where I am. All right, right. let me start to right. communicate with this person to resolve something like a murder. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Interesting. 
Yeah. You know, and, and those are kind of extreme cases. You know, there's much more lighthearted examples throughout my book as well. But it's, it's been well-received, the Sky Diaries. It's, we just had the big book release event here in Omaha. And my daughter was there signing Sky. She was signing copies for everybody. She's seven years old. And of course, she, she doesn't, she under, fully understands the concept of reincarnation and past lives, but she, she hasn't read the book. I don't think she could fully absorb the story quite yet. Maybe when she's 10 or 12, I, I plan on letting her start reading the, the copy and, you know, figuring out how her mom and I were connected in multiple past lives. And yeah, it's, um, you know, it's the, the, I'll put it this way. If, if somebody's looking for the craziest true story you've ever read, <laughs> try picking up the sky diaries. Yeah. It's, you know, some people close family and friends, you know, told me, you know, first of all, they say this needs to be made into a movie, mm -hmm. which, which we're trying to get in touch with some people regarding that. But other people were like, this is so crazy. You probably could have labeled it as fiction and still sold it just the same. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I know I could have, I just couldn't in my heart do that because it's a hundred percent true story. Like everything in the book actually happened the way I wrote it. And uh, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a long journey, but it has to do with how we discovered that we were connected as native Americans in past lifetimes. And it's about Sky's mom reincarnating back into her own family tree and how we discovered that. And the book is about the, the series of miracles that, that came forth to bring Sky into the world because we, uh, we were told we weren't, we did not have very good odds of conceiving a child. Right. And, 4%, uh, right? 4%. 4%. Yes. You got to that point. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, we, and you know, so if you're in, if anyone is interested in, um, native American culture, reincarnation, there's a lot of content in the book as well about guardian angels and how guardian angels operate and how sometimes they're actually family members that we've lost. Yeah. And, and we were, gosh, it was, it was surreal back on January 11th, uh, the day the book came out. And when we, when we found out the book actually became a number one bestseller in those categories of Native American guardian angels, reincarnation, it's, it was, I don't know, it was, it was a dream come true because I, I mean, this book, we've been talking about this book for years. I mean, I, I wrote it five years ago and just kind of been sitting on it and um, wondering when the time would be right to present it to the world. And so, yeah, it's, uh, as you can tell, it's, it's a, it's a topic that I'm passionate about to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. And congratulations on all of that. And I'm glad that you stopped sitting on it and you put it out there to the world. It really is a great read. It's an easy read. It's a fun read. You even put pictures in there, which I love because I was able to see pictures of you when you were younger, your family, your dad, your uh, grandmother, her sister, your uh, Sky's mom. Everybody's and, in there. Uh, yeah, it's so it's... cool. And I love that. I'm such a visual person. So it kind of, you know, it was really great to have those pictures in there. So I wanted to just maybe end with a little advice that you can give to parents. Uh, if yeah. their child begins to start talking about this, how do you respond? How do you respond in a way that it doesn't shut the child down and that the child doesn't learn that like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be talking about this. And I was just wondering if you can help assist parents that may actually be experiencing this and they're just kind of like, oh, okay. And they don't even know how to respond. So they're not responding, but how do you handle it? First thing is to not overreact. <laughs> like I said, when, when my daughter said the things that she said and she started to have memories of who she used to be, I started crying and I didn't, I didn't want her to see that because I didn't want her to think she had done anything wrong. You know, I didn't, so don't overreact. And, and the other thing 
if your child says something potentially that has significance in terms of past lifetimes or the afterlife, don't ask leading questions, you know, because children, you know, yes, they're wildly intuitive and yes, they're, they're amazing, but they're also, what's the right word I'm trying to say they're, they can be easily influenced. So don't ask leading questions such as, oh, you know, do you think you used to be uncle Bobby? Are you, did you? Was it, were you Uncle Bobby in your past life? Because then the child's going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Ask open-ended questions, you know. And Sky still, to this day, she will sometimes make things, she'll, she'll say things that correlate to a time period before she was born. And my response is always the same. I go, wow, that's, that's really interesting. What else do you remember? Hmm. And sometimes her answers, I don't know. It's, you know, she's just describing a feeling of deja vu. And I say, wow, that's, you know, well, if you, if you think of anything else, you know, you can always talk with me about it. But yeah, that's opening Pandora's box, which sometimes I do on social media, admittedly, just sometimes for sheer entertainment on my Facebook page, I'll post, you know, what's the craziest thing you've ever heard a child say? And you got umpteen comments of, of parents and it's all, it's all similar. It's kids who remember past lifetimes. It's kids who remember being big and, and being other people and other roles once upon a time. But make sure your child is loved, accepted, remind them that they're safe, create a, um, you know, a, a feeling of acceptance, know that they can talk with you. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that generally, you know, people who are listening to a program like this, they're either open-minded or they want to be more open-minded mm -hmm. so that, you know, people listening to a program like this wouldn't be the, the type that would shut a kid down. But yeah, just make sure they're loved and accepted and make sure that they know that they can speak freely when they have memories or feelings of deja vu, because Kids nowadays have enough to deal with, you know, with the right. anxiety of, of just the world and the state that it's in. And yeah, but kids are remarkably intuitive. You know, I say you look at a kid who's three and four years old, you know, you're looking at a human x-ray machine. They don't look at you. They can look through you. They're yeah. remarkably psychic. <laughs> and for those for those children, you know, who are lucky enough to have open minded parents to foster that. Sometimes that intuition carries into adulthood. So, you know, that's, that's what we want because intuition, as you know, as a healer and an intuitive person yourself, intuition, it's, it's truly a gift. So we, we need to retain that for as long as we can. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for answering those questions. And, you know, the other thing I'm going to have to dive into, because you're the second person this month that I have um, spoken to or had read something about a past life with the Sioux Nation of Native American. Yeah. And um, and, I, and when I was a little girl, I was drawn to Native American culture in New York. We would have the Native American, they would call it the Indian Festival at the time. I don't know if they yeah. would still call it that now. And I remember just hearing the drums and the singing that they would do. And I would wear this little blanket that my mom bought me there and just like dance around and just like wow. feel even to this day when I hear like a drum powwow, so connected to it. And, you know, so I wonder, I don't know, I might have to do a little more information about the Sioux because again, I always pay attention to these signs, right? And if it happens more than once and I'm like, okay, there it is again. I know I have some sort of Native American connection. I did two past life regressions where I didn't get a whole lot of information, but was able to see myself in a tribe around a fire and one past life, I was this really old, tall medicine woman and like exhausted, no idea what tribe or whatever. But again, I have like these Native American memories. So yeah, so I might have to set the intention to see 
or ask, why is this Sioux tribe? Why is this keep coming up? <laughs> why do I keep it, having people on my podcast that are very connected here? Well, that? hey, maybe maybe you were in that past lifetime when I was a Native American too. And if so, I hope we had fun and caused a lot of trouble together. So, <laughs> me too. I do have to ask though, if it's okay for me to ask you a question, you're, you're in New York now. Are you from like Minnesota or Wisconsin area? No, no, born I, and raised I, in New York. I, it's, you got this little, I call it the Wisconsin accent. I'm just picking up a little bit of that. So makes me wonder, I don't know, maybe in a past life you were Sue, but you live somewhere near Wisconsin or Minnesota. <laughs> oh, interesting. And you know, I haven't been to either of those and I don't even know what people sound like there. So that's okay. It's, it's a great um, accent. You'd love it. You'd love I'll, it. I'll make a mental note of that. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's funny that you say though, because you, you pinpointed possibly two past lives where you were a Native American and we, you know, modern day people, you think Native American and immediately our brain goes to like 1700s, 1800s. But the reality is Native Americans of many tribes, I mean, they've been around for thousands and thousands of years. So, right. I mean, you know, you could have lived a lifetime, you know, 700 years ago and you just haven't gone that far back into your past life, you know, your bin of past lifetimes. So, yeah, it's, but it's a, it's a really deep rabbit hole. You know, I do past <laughs> life sessions for, for people every day of the week. And, uh, Gosh, you just never know where you're going to end up. It's like sometimes we end up, you know, uh, the, the Roman Colosseum and then other times we're on a boat in, in Thailand and other lifetimes. You know, I've seen lifetimes where people are in New York, you know, in the 1800s. So you just never know. It's like it's as interesting to me as as like the script of a Hollywood movie. So, yeah. Have you ever done a past life regression where somebody was from a different solar system? Or not yet. No? Not yet. I, I'm still waiting for that. I've, <laughs> I've met a couple of people who I kind of assume aren't, aren't from around here, but I've never seen a, a past life connection necessarily. And I've never, I've never, in all my years doing this, I've never come across a person who is somebody famous in a past lifetime. Oh, interesting. I've, I've come across a person who was, you know, at important dinner parties with a famous person, but wasn't the actual person themselves. So somewhere I'm still determined to bump into somebody who was maybe Einstein or George Washington in a past life, but it hasn't happened yet. That'd be cool. Or maybe yeah. Tesla. That would be. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. More fascinating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and yeah, it's been great, Andy, to um, speak with you. I also, you had told me before we started, I just want to know a little bit more about this because you're also a podcaster. You have a podcast for called Paranormal Dads. Yeah. So just tell me a little bit more about that because, you know, our listeners are probably always looking for more. more. Yeah. Paranormal Dads. We have fun with it. It's uh, two two good buddies of mine, Eddie and Pat. And we're, we're dads, you know, so it's almost like, you know, taking the kids to soccer practice and band practice and, but we're, we're all fascinated by the paranormal. So we talk about ghost stories, UFOs, conspiracy theories, Atlantis, you know, pretty much anything weird. And we do it with a humorous slant. So we have a lot of laughter. We crack a lot of bad dad jokes on the show and uh, we talk Bigfoot. We talk anything you could imagine. And it's, we have a lot of fun. You can find that show on anywhere, you know, Spotify, Podbean, podcasts, and yeah, it's, it's good. And as far as the Sky Diaries, you can find that on Amazon. The Sky Diaries is a available paperback or ebook. And yeah, I hope anyone who reads it has a good time with it. Great. And it also sounds like you, I would just want to give a plug to, to your uh, mediumship sessions. You do some past life progression. So if people wanted to book a session with you, where can they find that information? How do they do that? Yep. Best, best spot to find all my information is my website, which is andymyersonline.com. And Myers 
and there's like 10 ways to spell it. Mine's M-Y-E-R-S, andymyersonline.com. It has links to my social media podcast, my books. Sky Diaries is the fourth book that I've written. So there's, there's a lot to choose from on there. And I'm just I'm just grateful that uh, you gave me a chance to be on your show. And I, I have to say, listeners already know this, but you, you really do have really wonderful energy, really kind energy. So I can see why you fell into the line of healing like you do, because you have that gentle nature about you. So oh, thank you, Andy. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I really love doing this and I love supporting people like yourself and giving them the opportunity to share the work that they're doing in the world. And I really enjoyed the book. So okay. um, thank you. And I'm glad we we connected maybe again, right? Maybe we were connected in a past life and here That's we right. are again. And my soul group is growing in this lifetime. So there you go. <laughs> It might be flying cars next time we come back, but you know, we'll, we'll see where we'll jump off that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Andy, thank you so much again, everyone. The book is called the sky diaries, a true story of reincarnation. If you're watching this on path 11 TV, there's the copy of it. That's what it looks like. And I am just so excited that I got a chance to talk to Andy and you guys got a chance to listen in. So I hope you all enjoyed this as much as I did go out and purchase the book, follow him on social media, maybe book a session with him. If you do, just let him know that you heard him here on the path 11 podcast. So take care, everyone. Have a wonderful day. And next week, I'm going to bring you another really extraordinary guest. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com and be sure to use coupon code podcast30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.